chapter 9, Isaiah in chapter 9, if you will, this morning. Well, Bonnie, we, or, we got extra seats once you go out in the street and tell people to come on in. I've read stories about years ago, revival meetings in the early 1900s, North America. Literally, people would be waiting out in the streets trying to hear with the windows open. We had a gentleman that used to come to church years ago, Henry. Some of you remember Henry. Henry's in heaven now. First time Henry came in our building, we met the community hall across the way. Henry was in his 80s the first time he came out. After the service, I looked back. And I saw that elderly gentleman weeping, just crying almost uncontrollably. I went back to him and I said, sir, I said, is everything okay? I said, are you all right? And he told me, he said, he said, well, preacher, I'm fine. He said, this is just the first time that I've heard the Bible preached like that since I heard Hyman Appleman preach. Most of you don't know that name. Hyman Appleman was a a Jew who realized that Jesus Christ was the Messiah and got born again. Hyman Appleman began to preach as an evangelist across North America. That would have been back probably in the 1940s or 50s, I guess, would have been the 50s. I wish today that there were men like Hyman Appleman standing up across our country and around our world proclaiming the truth of God. How blessed we are. How blessed we are to be able to gather and sing his praises and hear the wonderful music of God and open his word and hear the truth of God. And I hope this morning that as we look at Jesus Christ, the name above all names, I hope your heart is stirred as mine is this morning about how blessed we are, about how good our God is. Look at the book of Isaiah with me, Isaiah chapter 9, verse number 6. Isaiah 9, 6, for unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder. In his name he shall be called Wonderful. Counselor, the mighty God, the everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. I read a couple other verses to you quickly. Matthew 1, 21, and she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus. For he shall save his people from their sins. Acts 4, 12, neither is there salvation in any other. For there is none other name. Notice that thought. There is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Let's pray together. Lord, as we look at the lovely name of Jesus, a name above every name. Lord, as we think of the power of that wonderful, blessed name. Lord, as Rebecca sang a moment ago, I thank you that you are known by love. Lord, it was your love that caused you to come and die in my place, to be buried and raised again, to pay the great price, the only price that could be accepted for my sinful condition. The fact that I was damned to hell without hope, but yet you love me. Lord, I pray you bless now as we look in your word. May we be encouraged, may we be challenged. Lord, I pray if there be one here today that does not know you as Savior, Lord, I pray they would not leave the doors of this building 
without getting settled once for all this matter of their eternal soul. Lord, I pray that every person would realize the brevity of life, that we would realize the importance of the eternal. Lord, would you work in our hearts, stir us this morning. In your precious name we pray, amen. There are many great names, many great names in Bible history. We think of names like Moses, Enoch, who walked with God, King David, who we spoke about for a couple of weeks in our Sunday school just recently. Think of men like Elijah, the great prophet who prayed down fire on Mount Carmel. Think about Elisha, the prophet that would follow Elijah and do twice as many miracles as God would bless him. Think of men like Peter, who would stand on Pentecost and preach and thousands would be saved. Think of men like James and John. Think of men like the Apostle Paul, who literally took the gospel and left to come to carry it to me and to you. Were not for the Apostle Paul, we'd not have the gospel today. Think of great men. We can think of great men in history, great men of the faith. I mentioned Mr. Appleman this morning. I think of great preachers of days gone by. I think of a man who shared the same last name as me, Dr. John R. Rice. Been in heaven many years. What a wonderful, powerful preacher of the Word of God, an author. Think of men like D.L. Moody, a man who was just willing to be used. Think of great men of history. I think many of you here this morning from the Philippines originally, you know the name Douglas MacArthur, a great American who probably, probably loved more by the Filipino culture than he is by the United States, a man who kept his promise, a man who said, I shall return, and he did. Every one of us know political leaders. We know people of history. We know people that have an impact on our culture that we look at as great men and great names. But this morning, I want to talk to you about the greatest name, the name above all names, the name of Jesus. Our hymn book that we sang from just a little while ago has many wonderful hymns about the name of Jesus. We see that name strewn throughout it. By the way, can I tell you that in public and in uh, public places, most people have no problem if you mention God, but when you mention Jesus, there's a problem. Why? Because it is the power of the name of Jesus. One of the wonderful songs we sing, Jesus is the sweetest name I know. And he's just the same as his lovely name. And that's the reason why I love him so. Oh, Jesus is the sweetest name I know. Christian, this morning, do you really believe that? When we sing that song, do you sing it because those are the words on the page or is that the message of your heart? We read in Isaiah here, he said his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. We read Matthew as Matthew, under inspiration of the Holy Spirit, will pen those words, and thou shalt call his name Jesus. And thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. The name Jesus means Emmanuel, God with us. God was going to come down to heaven and tabernacle or tent with us in human flesh so he might 
come to the cross of Calvary. We talked about that this morning. We began in our adult Sunday school talking about the journey, the journey to the cross. Jesus is. By the way, notice I did not say Jesus was. And Jesus is God in the flesh. God being a spirit could not be revealed to man except he came in the flesh. There's no other name. Jesus, the name above all names. There are many things, many things that the name of Jesus can and will do to all who speak it, to uphold it, love it, trust it. But I want to share quickly, as quickly as I can this morning, some very important things that the name of Jesus can cause to transpire in your life, in my life. Number one, this morning, the name of Jesus brings salvation. It is the only name. The Bible says in Acts 4.12, Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. I, I'm not trying to be rude or obnoxious this morning. I, I hope you don't feel that I am because that's not my heart. But there are many who say, oh, pastor, but there are many ways to God and you know, it's just all, it's just the thought that counts that, you know, we're all going to God our own way. I'm sorry, but that's not true. I'm sorry, but that's a lie of the devil. Say, Pastor, you're talking about my mom or my dad or my brother's sister. I'm sorry, but it's still not true. As much as I wish it were true, it's not. The Bible says there's none other name. So, but pastor, what about the folks that worship this or worship that and they're sincere in their heart? I'm sorry this morning, but they are sincerely wrong. But there is one way. And by the way, the God of heaven, the God who became flesh and dwelt amongst us, the one whose name we look at this morning, stands at the door of their heart and knocks. There's only one name that brings salvation. Most people in our world and our culture are looking to religion. For salvation. They're looking for what they can do, how they can satisfy God. If we go to a tribal place far away from our modern culture, if we go to a third world area with no technology and no advancements in sciences and no understanding of much that we understand today, you'll find folks still today who will have a wooden statue, maybe a totem, maybe some kind of idol. Maybe like the Egyptians of old, they'll have their God will be a river or a fish or the sun. And they will bring and make offerings, maybe fruit, maybe vegetables, Sadly, even yet today, maybe some will bring human sacrifice. Why? Because they want to appease their God. They want to satisfy their God. They are grabbing a hold of religion as the world sees religion. And I tell you, if we come back away from third world, tribal culture far removed from all technology and far removed from all advancements, if we fast forward right into the middle of Canadian culture, you know what we find? 
the same thing. Oh, we may not have idols set up. We may not have sacrifices being brought and placed before it. We may not worship a, an inanimate object. But much of our world is looking to religion and bowing at the altar of religion and seeking for a way to appease their God. But there's only one way. Dear friend, this morning, if you're here and you do not know the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior, I am telling you this because I love you and because I want you to know the truth and I want you to be free from the burden of sin. There is one way to heaven, and it's through Jesus Christ. He is the only way. Acts 4.12 says there's neither is there salvation in any other. That means if you accept all other religious teachings of every church and you reject Jesus Christ in your quest for salvation, you will miss heaven by thousands of miles. Christianity bears the name of Christ, but can I tell you much of what is called Christianity has nothing to do with Christ. Has nothing to do with Christ. Perhaps there are people here, maybe even this morning, I don't know. I don't know your heart. There may be folks here this morning who will go to hell clutching their... you got a King James Bible. You believe this is the Word of God, and yet you've never trusted the Lord Jesus Christ. And I tell you, there may be folks today that will say, Pastor, but I was baptized in that baptistry, or I, I'm okay, but you never trusted the Lord Jesus Christ. There are folks that are hanging on to church membership or some religious thing they did. But there's none other name given among men whereby you must be saved, save Jesus Christ. That's it. That's it. There are those that will and are depending on their own merit, but it is, it's hollow. It's empty. Today, can I tell you, the way of salvation is wide open, but there's only one door. The door's open. It's open for every people, every kindred, and every tongue. Every culture, every language, it's wide open. But it's only open through one door, and that door is Jesus Christ. The Bible tells us there's none in our name. Jesus, the name above every name. Whoever calls on his name, the name of Jesus, can be saved. Romans 10, 13 tells us that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. That's that's a promise. That's a certainty. Can I tell you the opposite side of that coin is that those who reject and refuse to call on Jesus Christ are not saved because there's none other name. Failure to call on Jesus Christ is to say that I'll provide my own salvation. I'll provide my own. Failure to call on Jesus Christ is to assign yourself to a devil's hell. And that's the truth. Psalm 95 says today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your heart as in the, the provocation as in the day of temptation in the wilderness. Call on him. Receive him. Number two, the name of Jesus brings assurance of salvation. How many of you are getting forgetful like I am? Any of you have that problem? Any of you ever left your house, pulled out of your garage, gotten about two blocks away, and said to yourself, did I close the garage door? You ever done that? 
I laughed at Darren. Darren's sick today, by the way. Be praying for him, but I laughed at Darren. I'm laughing at him because he's sick too. Where's the camera? Uh, but I laughed at him a few years ago. He got a put a security camera in his garage. The main reason he put the security camera in his garage is so when he got to work, if he thought, "Oh, did I close my garage door?" He could look at the camera. And go, oh yeah, it's closed. <laughs> now I thought that was funny until I had some issues with someone trying to steal my truck, and I put a security camera up. Can I tell you? Since I did that a couple of times. I'm going, did I close my garage door? Oh, let me pull up my security camera. Oh, yeah, I did. Getting forgetful, forget some things, or you question some things. Can I tell you, sometimes we can begin to question what God said, as the devil said to Adam and Eve, or said to Eve, hath God said? Hath, did God really say that? Can I tell you that Jesus Christ, his name, is the foundation, is the cornerstone of the assurance, not the questioning, but the assurance of our eternal salvation. 1 John 5, wonderful passage, verse 13, I read for you quickly. These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God. Let me stop there just for a moment. Who is the Son of God? Jesus. Jesus. That ye may know, this is the name of the Son of God, that ye may know. Not think, not hope, not guess, not hang on and pray and, oh man, I hope I make it, I hope I make it, I hope I make it. But I can know, the Bible says, that you have eternal life. And that you may believe on the name of the Son of God. One of the greatest fears or confusions today in Christian, quasi-Christian circles is the question of whether or not my salvation is forever. A few weeks ago, I preached on a Sunday night, but can I tell you that I can be 100% sure I'm going to heaven, not because of Brian Rice, but because of Jesus Christ. And you can be sure this morning of your salvation because of Jesus. If I was trusting me, I'm in trouble. I'm in trouble. If Bernard was trusting himself, he'd really be in trouble. Not in trouble as I'd be, but he'd be in trouble. All of us, we have one hope, and that hope is Jesus Christ. And he is the name of Jesus Christ, is that anchor, that security of knowing that I have eternal life. I can have the assurance if I close my eyes in death tonight. I'll wake in a place called heaven. I've had several near-death experiences for some reason in my life, probably because I'm Stubborn and stupid, Miss Lois, but I, there have been several times, probably six, seven, eight times in my life where I've thought, Brother Eric, this is it. I, I mean, I've come to the point where I thought, okay, I'm going to die. Can I tell you, every time that's ever happened to me, and I hope it doesn't happen today, but every time it's happened, I've never thought, oh no, what's going to happen? I'm telling you, there's been a peace and I said, well, I guess this is it. I guess I'm going to see him. Can I tell you one day that's going to be the case for me? And if you know Jesus as your Savior, you can know, have that confidence of knowing that fact that you may know they have eternal life. Believing brings eternal life. That's what the Bible says there. Uh, John three sixteen. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believeth. It doesn't say whosoever does good works. It doesn't say whosoever gets baptized. 
It doesn't say whosoever is religious, whosoever prays. It says whosoever believeth. Believing brings salvation. And number two, as we think about that thought, believing only brings salvation, not believing plus something else. We had chili last night for supper. I scooped out the chili, put it in the bowl. My wife made it. It was wonderful chili. Uh, it was made with a dead moose, I think. Not a whole moose. That would have been a big pot of chili. Uh, that's a moose burger in there, some beans in there, chickpeas, chickpeas, chickpeas in there. Uh, some, you're not going to believe this, Brother Jerry's tomatoes in there. And uh, so a lot of other stuff. I scooped that bowl out, but, and I went and set it on the table to eat it, and then I picked the bowl back up. I went back over in the kitchen and and Hannah had set out some sour cream and some cheese. So I put a little bit of sour cream, add a little bit of cheese in there. So on the table, grabbed me a little hot sauce, put some hot sauce in there. I added some things to my chili. Now, it was good as it was, but uh, I'm a condiment man. I, I, like, I like additional things. I, I like to get the most bang for my buck. But can I tell you, there is no condiment. There is nothing you can add to salvation. If you try to add anything to belief, it is no longer belief. Belief only, believing only brings eternal life. Mark 16, 16, he that believeth, believeth, believeth. Ignoring God's command, ignoring God's command will cause us to have a lack of assurance. By the way, in, intentional disobedience will cause a person to have a lack of assurance. By the way, it does not change our, our eternal destiny, but it definitely causes our doubt and assurance. You know, we need to realize that the name of Jesus Christ, the name above all names, is that security. First Peter 3.21, the like figure whereunto even baptism doth also now save us, not the putting away of the filth of the flesh, but the answer of a good conscience towards God by the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Number three, and I've got to hurry here this morning, as we think about Jesus, the name above all names, Jesus, the name of Jesus, brings answers to our prayers. It brings answers to our prayers. There's a lot of people that pray to a lot of things. There are people that pray to false gods. There are people, very good, uh, very good people who are well-meaning, who try to pray to saints and try to pray to, to Mary and try to pray to all kinds of different things. There are those that try to pray to their ancestors, those that pray to nature itself those that pray to other gods and false gods. But there's only one God that can hear. Only Jesus, only the name of Jesus. John 14 says, And whatsoever ye shall ask in my name, this is Jesus, whatsoever ye shall ask in my name, that will I do. That the Father may be glorified in the Son, if he shall ask anything in my name, my name, Jesus said, I'll do it. And Jeremiah 33, 3, call unto me, and I will answer thee and show thee great and mighty things thou knowest not. Our prayers must be made in his name, the name of Jesus Christ. I don't, have a, I don't carry a checkbook. If you, by the way, very few people carry a checkbook anymore, but I, I, I write a handful of checks a year. But if I, if I found my checkbook, wherever it's at, and I wrote a check to Brother Eric for $100,000. You'd appreciate that, wouldn't you, Brother Eric? 
If I wrote a $100,000 check, I signed at the bottom. I gave it to him. said, here you go, Eric. Here's $100,000. You know what they would do at the bank when Eric took that check to the bank? They'd, laugh, yeah, they'd arrest me. Uh, they'd laugh at him. And they'd say, Brian Rice, he doesn't even have a 100,000 pennies, much less $100,000. Uh, that check would be useless. Absolutely, completely useless. You could dribble it like a basketball by there because it's going to bounce all the way back and forth. Uh, there's no hope of you getting that cashed. Why? Because there's no, there's no worth of my signature that's worth that much. However, if Mr. Bill Gates wrote a check for $100,000, something tells me a bank might take it seriously, Brother Eric. If Mr. Musk wrote a check for $100,000, they would think he was buying breakfast. Uh, why? Their name, they, their worth, they have that worth. Can I tell you, Jesus Christ is the only one that has the worth that can give us that assurance of salvation. And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and earth. When I pray in the name of Jesus Christ, it is the name that has the power, all power. Number four, the name of Jesus Christ, the name above all names. It is the only name that lifts, that lifts our burdens that lifts our burdens. Matthew 11 says, Come unto me. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly of heart, and ye shall find rest for your souls. For my yoke, Jesus says, is easy, and my burden is light. How many of you have ever been to a place where you felt like you just couldn't carry the load anymore? You ever been there? I sure have. On Friday, I went out to Caleb's farm, and uh, I found a, a wonderful, beautiful little animal that wanted to come home for dinner with me. And I strapped him to a black plastic calf sled, and I put my hunting blind and gear on top of, on top of that, and I put some other gear in there, and I put on a harness with a rope that comes off my back off the harness and I tied it to that sled and I was a half a mile from the truck and I, in snow and I had my walking sticks because I'm old and falling apart and I have no knees and my ankle's broken and I began to pull and got the sled moving on the hard ice and snow and I began walking, pulling that sled and I went about three, maybe probably 400 yards. And then I stopped. And I was tired. And then I went a little ways farther, got to a gap in the fence where I'd opened the, opened the gate. And I stopped. I got down and I sat down on top of my load. And I rested. And I thought to myself, why can't I already be at the truck? I wish I was already there. And finally I got up and I finally made it all the way out. But there were several times that I thought, I don't know, I might go to heaven from here. Uh, I don't know if I'll make it or not. They might have to put me on a sled and drag me out. There are many times spiritually 
physically, emotionally, that we feel like we're bearing a load we can't bear anymore. By the way, sometimes you bear a load of grief. There are many of you who have walked through the valley of the shadow of death in recent years. And you carry grief that seems sometimes in seasons to overwhelm you. There are many of us here who have been hurt by those that we love. Relationships that have been broken. Pain that we bear, the very personal pain that seems to overwhelm us. Some of you are going through some health issues. I think of Miss Joan. I found out, Ms. my wife told me Miss Joan fell this week. She's been having a very, very tough time, fell and couldn't get up. And I think of dear sweet saints of God like her and others that are going through some pretty serious health issues and episodes, and sometimes it feels like you just can't carry that load anymore. But can I tell you this morning that Jesus Christ is the only name, the only name that can carry that burden. We can take him to the Lord as he helps us with that burden. By the burden of an uncertain future, we all carry that burden down here but he can carry it. The burden of fear, the burden of doubt. We can trust him. We can trust the name of Jesus. And I got to hurry here. Number five, quickly. His name, the name of Jesus, the name above every name, sets you free. Sets you free. John 8, 36, if the Son therefore shall make you free, ye shall be free indeed. Free from sin. By the way, Christian, you are not in bondage to sin. By the way, we sin as believers, but not because we have to. Not because we're slaves of sin. I've been set free. I'm reminded of that demoniac of Gadara when Jesus came into the coast and he came and he saw Jesus and the demons cried out, what have we to do with thee, thou son of David? And as Jesus is going to cast out those demons, that man had been bound by chains and the Bible says he broke them asunder. But he had been bound by those demons that he could not break free from. The Bible says that he lived in the tombs. He lived among the dead. He cut himself, self-mutilation and torture and pain and hurt. Everyone was afraid of him. He was bound. But can I tell you that the name of Jesus set him free? Jesus loosed him from that pain. Jesus loosed him from those chains of possession. And dear friend, just like that demoniac of Gadara, before you got saved, you were bound with the chains of sin. By the way, you were bound with the chains of fear. How many of you this morning remember before you trusted Christ, remember being terrified to die, terrified for the eternity? Maybe remember going to sleep at night, 
and thinking, I wonder what's going to happen when I die. Or maybe you knew what was going to happen because you knew the truth of the gospel and you'd rejected it and you were fearful. I've been set free from that. I mentioned Dr. John Rice this morning. I love this story. As an old man, he was walking down the street and a young guy came out and pulled a gun on him and stuck it in his stomach and said to Dr. Rice, Dr. Rice was in his 70s, and said, give me all your money or I'm going to blow your brains out. All I can guess is that scientifically, that maybe if your last name is Rice, this is where your brains are. <laughs> but a man with Brother Rice told the story that was there that day. He said, Brother Rice looked down at that young man and he said, son, you can't scare me with heaven. There's no fear in death for a believer. We've been set free by the name of Jesus. Set free from the fear of death. The Bible tells us in Psalm 23, 4, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil. For thou art with me, thy rod, and thy staff comfort me. By the way, free from the fear of man. Proverbs 29, 25, The fear of man breaketh the snare, but whoso putteth his trust in the Lord, Jehovah, shall be safe. The fear of the unknown, for I determined not to know anything among you, Paul said to the church at Corinth, save Jesus Christ. And him crucified. Fear will destroy you emotionally. Most suicides, the result of fear. First John 4 18, there is no fear in love. Don't miss that statement. Can I tell you who is love? Jesus. There is no fear in love, but perfect love. What is perfect love? It is Jesus Christ. Perfect love casteth out fear because fear hath torment. He that feareth is not made perfect in love. Number six this morning, the name of Jesus is a name that is worthy to be revered, to be honored, to be worshipped. Philippians 2 tells us that the name of Jesus, every knee should bow. Of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth, that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord of the glory of the Father. Hebrews talks about Jesus being better. It says in chapter 1, verse 4, being made so much better than the angels as he hath inheritance obtained a more excellent name than they. We don't worship anyone or anything except Jesus Christ. The book of Revelation, we have a glimpse into the future. As John was caught up in the spirit on the Lord's day and I think literally traveled through time and God showed John things that were yet to be. In Revelation chapter 4, it says the four and twenty elders fell down before him that sat upon the throne. Let me, let me help you figure out who that was. That was Jesus. And worship him that liveth ever and ever. By the way, that's Jesus. And cast their crowns before the throne saying, Thou, that thou is Jesus. Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power, for thou hast created all things. And for thy pleasure they are and were created. As we go on to the next chapter of Revelation, chapter 5 and verse 11, And beheld I heard the voice of many angels round about the throne, and the beast and the elders, and the number of them was 10,000 times 10,000, and thousands of Thousands, same with a loud voice, 
worthy is the Lamb that was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. 21 years ago this spring, so 20, 20 and a half years ago, I was in the town of Allentown, West, uh, Allentown, Pennsylvania. I was at a missions conference. I had uh, Brother Joe Elwell that we support. Brother Joe Elwell's boy, Justin, was staying with me in the hotel where we were. I was traveling without my wife because Carrie was great with child. Uh, she was just about ready to deliver Elizabeth. And so I traveled to this meeting in Pennsylvania by myself, and I got there, and Brother Elwell and his wife, his wife who went to heaven, his first wife, she was still living at the time, and she, he and Miss Betty and, and Justin were there. Justin was a teenager. I said to Brother Joe, I said, hey, I said, I'm by myself this week. I said, I'm adopting your son. I said, you and your wife, you have a week, you know, without your son. I said, he's staying with me. I said, you enjoyed time away from your son. That was a mistake. How many of you ever had a teenage boy around you? I was contemplating murder, Mitra. You know, you wake up in the morning. Hey, Justin, time to get up. Uh, get up, man. Uh. How many of you parents, you know what I'm talking about? I see that hand, Bonnie. And Dexter, I see you back there. Amen. And... I had a teenage boy with me. I was there for a week-long missions conference. Second morning, I had enough teenage boy. I'm like, I got to escape. I got to get away from a teenager. And uh, so he's sleeping. I got up, got dressed. Had a, I had the free morning. I drove to a little diner. Just drove out in the country till I found a little diner. And I went in and sat down to have breakfast. By the way, breakfast is one of the most wonderful meals to eat out anywhere, just, just in case you're wondering. And I went and praise God for a little greasy spoon diners, other place to go. And I went in there, I sat at the counter of the little bar and uh, ordered a meal. I can't remember what I got. I'm sure it was good. I'm sure it involved eggs and potatoes and toast and meat and more meat. And uh, there was nothing vegan on the plate. And there was lots of dead animals scattered everywhere. And I ordered my breakfast, guaranteed there was copious amounts of coffee. And as I sat there, just there was this, a little stool beside of me, and then there was two other stools, and there was a couple of older gentlemen, late 60s, early 70s, sitting having their breakfast. Typical little uh, rural diner with a couple of old fellas meeting for coffee and breakfast. Typical, typical morning. And as I was eating my breakfast or trying to eat my breakfast, those guys seemed like nice men. Every other word was Jesus Christ this and, and GD this. And I mean, just, it was, it was unusual. It was out of character for folks in that area. And it was just, I was having trouble enjoying my meal. Finally, I stopped eating. I looked over and said, hey, fellas. I said, I think you know my friend. And they looked at me and said, do we know you? I said, I don't think so. I said, but I couldn't, I couldn't help but overhear. You're talking, you've been talking about my friend a whole lot. And they looked over, and I think they were surprised that I was eavesdropping on them. I'm probably trying to figure out who they were talking about that I knew. And they said, well, what friend is that? I don't know. We weren't talking about anybody. 
And I said, I keep hearing you talk, use the name of my friend over and over again. I said, I heard you just say Jesus Christ. I said, he's my friend. I said, he's my savior. I said, he's my Lord. I said, I'd appreciate it if you would stop cursing his name in front of me. Can I tell you, we ought to do more than just not curse his name. We ought to worship his name. It's the only name that deserves worship. One day when you get to heaven, can I tell you what you're going to do? I have no doubt about it. You're going to worship Jesus Christ. When we read in Revelation chapter 5, one day your voice is going to join with those voices and you're going to be part of saying worthy is the Lamb. But Christian, he's worthy now. He's worthy of your worship and mine. Praise God we could come and worship him this morning. But how about tomorrow? How about tonight? How about later this week? How about Friday? How about Saturday? Will you worship him? He's worthy of it. There is no other name. The name above all names, the name of Jesus. If you're here this morning and you don't know my friend, can I tell you, he loves you. So, Pastor, you don't know me. No, but Jesus does and he still loves you. The Bible says, while I was yet a sinner, Christ died for me. He loved you. He committed his love towards you. The only name, the only name whereby you can be saved if you don't know him this morning, today. Not later, not tomorrow, not next week. Not almost thou persuadest me to be a Christian, but today. Today's the day of salvation. Would you call on him today the name of Jesus? Would you trust him? Christian, would you understand the power of his lovely and wonderful name, the name of Jesus? Let's pray together. Lord, I thank you for your wonderful name. I thank you that you are my king, my Lord, my God. I thank you that you're worthy of our worship and our praise. Lord, for all of eternity, We'll worship you. We'll praise you. We'll, we will say over and over and over again, worthy is the Lamb. And God, we will never say it enough. We could never worship you enough. We could never praise you enough for our eternal salvation. Lord, I pray if there's one here that does not know that they are eternally saved today, that they would get it settled this morning. That they would come and let someone lovingly sit down with them and open the word of God and show them what the Bible says, not what a church says, not what the Baptist says, but what the Bible says, the word of God says, how we can know for sure, how we can trust Jesus Christ, how we can call on his name. Lord, I pray they come this morning. Get that settled today. Lord, I pray for believers. Lord, that we would be reminded of the power of your lovely name. Lord, would you work in our hearts during this time of invitation? God, would your will be done? In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. Would you stand together with me this morning? Brother, Let's stand together. We'll sing hymn number 294, Just As I Am. Hymn number 294. Just as I am.
number five. Just as I am, thou wilt receive, wilt welcome pardon, cleanse, relieve, because thy promise I Tell you this morning before we close in prayer that 